right, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Arizona Wild Banks podcast. As always, I am your host, Tyler Cole, and this offseason just doesn't seem to slow down at any point for Arizona. And if you're one of the people that thought that Tommy Lloyd was done last week on Tuesday, like if you thought he was done, you were a fool. He was not done. He got Caleb Love. Yeah, that Caleb Love. Granted, it's, you know, it's a week old now. And that's what happens when you take a week off from podcasting. All of a sudden, Arizona gets one of the biggest transfers in the transfer portal. Uh, and I don't even know. I don't even know how to feel. I'm going to I'm going to put it this way. When I heard they got Caleb Love. I was excited. I was excited, but I was hesitant. But you know what? I've got full faith in Tommy Lloyd. So let's get right into it. He is going to be the ultimate wild card for Coach Lloyd this season. And, you know, you take it, you leave it. When it's good, man, it is good. I mean, we could see some of the things he did um, a couple years ago in the tournament where he took North Carolina to the championship along with R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. So, you know, obviously it wasn't just him doing it, but man, he did a lot of the dirty work. You saw him hit that amazing three over Mark Williams against Duke. So he is the Duke killer, which is so nice to hear a Duke killer because as we know, you know, 2001 will always haunt us. And now we get to go to Cameron Indoor this year to play them. And we have an assassin that has killed them before. So let's, let's just, let's just revel in that for a second and just absolutely enjoy that. Caleb Love is just this mercenary who's going to take down Duke when we play them. But as far as the other games in the season, and as far as just him at Arizona, how does he fit at Arizona, given the plethora of guards now that Arizona has? Well, it can go a range of ways. He's either going to be the alpha or one of the alphas. He didn't go to Arizona to be, you know, this non-dominant guard. Like, he's not going to come off the bench. He's not going to be you know, the fourth option or the third option. He's going to be like the first or second option. And it's going to be a little nerve wracking because this is a guy who is a career 36% field goal shooter and just under 32% from three in his career. But you know what? He's an 81% free throw shooter in his career. So we always like good free throw shooters. We'll see the light at the end of that tunnel. But as far as his efficiency, that's going to go up. And if it doesn't, Tommy Lloyd ain't going to mess around. You know, we saw Kirk Carissa, you know, he'll, he'll have not great shooting games. But with Caleb Love, it's so different because I just, and I don't mean to compare him to, to Kirk Carissa. It's just, you know, going into this offseason, Kirk Carissa decides to transfer and if I told you he was going to rebuild the way he's rebuilt this offseason, you would have crapped your pants. Like, seriously. The job that Tommy Lloyd's done, we'll get to all that later. I just, I want to focus on Tommy Lloyd. Here I am just going on tangents because um, I'm not sticking to my podcast notes. Anyways, Caleb Love is not going to have the longest leash at Arizona. You know that for a fact because Tommy Lloyd is going to coach him. He is going to be on him like white on rice. He's not going to be like, you know what? 
Here's your keys. Now go off. Remember, this is still Kylan Boswell's team. We all know that. I guarantee that Kylan Boswell and Jaden Bradley and, you know, enter player here did not sign off on getting Caleb Love. Or they did sign off on getting Caleb Love, but they did not. They're not going to relinquish any roles to him. He's simply going to be another piece to this team. He's going to be just another fire starter. Um, and who knows? Maybe there's going to be a couple games he does come off the bench because of a, um, you know, couple bad games. Who knows? But it's not going to be permanent. We'll see. That's the whole thing. Is everybody wants to talk about the starting lineup, and it's like, who cares about the starting lineup at this point? Arizona has so much talent. Versus, I mean, last year was incredible with Tubelis and the leap he did. But man, this next year's team is going to be something nice. And as far as, you know, Caleb Love, it looks like him going to Arizona is, you know, it's going to be his final school. So he's going to get that last push to be in the NBA by choosing to play for Tommy Lloyd. And it's, that's a coach that, you know, he is not. He's played for the great um, Roy Williams. He's played for Hubert Davis. And now he's going to play for Tommy Lloyd. And he's going to be playing in a completely different playing style. Um, it's going to be a, a, probably a different tempo than what he's used to. I didn't watch every North Carolina game last year, so I don't want to speak on ignorance. But it's going to be different for him. And like I said, I don't think he's going to have the longest leash. I think his shooting percentage should go up because at North Carolina, he was, you know, one of one of a few playmakers. I mean, one of the few guys that can actually create his own shot. Like, this dude is one of the best, you know, transfer portal prospects for a reason. His ability to, in transition, just finish, you know, around the defender in a tough layup, um, you know, hit the three, hit a step back. I mean, he is going to be able to create his own offense. Like I, maybe Alonzo Trier is the, is the first player that comes to mind that was able to score the way, you know, Caleb love is able to score. I mean, this man averaged 16 points last year, 3.7 rebounds and just under three assists on the season. I mean, he's averaging, he might not average 16 points a game simply because of the amount of, talent that's on Arizona, but I'll tell you what, if this man plays within the offense, if he plays within the control of Tommy Lloyd's style and Tommy Lloyd's game plan, his whatever you want to call it, his shtick, it's going to be something nice. It's going to be something filthy. And I, (laughs) I just, I laugh because it's, I, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent as far as guard play. I want to preface that. Like, obviously, the front court does have talent, but the guard rotation is something I'm excited about because Arizona's point guard you. They've always been point guard you. And for Arizona to have this guard rotation that they have now is going to be something that, frankly, I have been longing for since couldn't even tell you off the top of my head right now because. I'm just so worked up talking about how excited I am. And I feel like I say that all the time is how I'm excited. But man, let me tell you, next year is going to be very exciting. I mean, we, Tommy Lloyd got a two seed um, last year with a roster 
that ended up losing. And granted, this was a very talented roster, but a roster of a team that ended up losing to Princeton in the first round. This is not your same era. This is not your your brother's, your one-year-older brother's uh, Arizona team, <laughs> or whatever you want to say. This is a completely different team because Caleb Love is now added to this just stacked roster that should be, in my opinion, the Pac-12 favorite over USC, over UCLA. Um, you know, it's tough to win with freshmen in college basketball, and I don't think USC is going to be, you know, as great as they should be. Granted, they do have a ton of talent, but if you were to say that USC and Arizona have the exact same amount of talent on their roster, you know what? You're entitled to your own opinion, but Tommy Lloyd gets the edge every single time. And Tommy Lloyd, just the things he's done this offseason have been remarkable because Arizona needed dogs. They needed tough, you know, physical bruisers, that could get to the bucket, create their own shot. And now they have those guys. Look at the beginning. You know, we had Jaden Bradley, who he drives to the rim. He plays tough-nosed defense. He looks for the pass uh, and then swap it to Keyshaw Johnson. He's a big rim slasher, super athletic, excellent in transition. I mean, he just goes, man. He's, he's great on defense. He's a tough dog on the court. He's also somebody who has championship experience. And then you go down the line. Look at Caleb Love, as we all know. He also has that championship experience. He's somebody who can, like I talked about, just instant offense, just a microwave. And because, you know, last season, you look at Arizona, nobody wanted to take the late game shot against Princeton. You know, we had Courtney Ramey, um, hit that amazing three against UCLA in the Pac-12 championship. Takes that gigantic, cold-hearted, just cold, cold-hearted, <laughs> cold-blooded three. And, you know, they pulled out the dub. And Tubelis, you know, let's, for all accounts, he was the best player on Arizona last season. But he didn't have that killer mentality to create offense at the end of a game. And then you've got, you know, Kylan Boswell, Caleb Love, who I definitely can see being the two main just dogs that want the ball at the end of the game. Because I really do think that Kylan Boswell is going to take just a very, very nice leap this season. But add that all together, all the guys that I just mentioned, you know, as well as um, recruiting Carter Bryant and Jamari Phillips and then uh, Motieus Previs. I heard somebody pronounce Motieus, which is spelled M-O-T-I-E-J-U-S. They, they pronounced it Motijus, which was funny. Um, and then that um, Polyus Mariscus, who it's not official yet, um, you know, waiting to get done with his season. And uh, then he'll probably be eligible to sign with Arizona. I don't know. You know, don't take my word for that. And then there's Conrad Martinez, who is probably going to be a four-year player. Um, you know, somebody for the guys to go up against in practice, etc. Put that in a mixing bowl, make a cake out of it. And that's a cake that says in frosting, in Tommy Lloyd, we trust. Tommy Lloyd has done a tremendous job this offseason. And it's it's been nothing short of spectacular building this roster and this team, not only now, but for the future. Because, you know, his recruiting battles, yes, we know. He lost Andrew Nemhard. 
you know, I don't even want to bring that up anymore. I feel like I have to because I just hear that voice in the back of my head saying, yeah, but he didn't get. Who cares? He's beaten out Calipari for Kashad Johnson. He beat out Mark Few for Caleb Love. Like, he got his revenge there. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good. Even if Tommy Lloyd is still great friends with Mark Few, that's got to feel awesome. And you can look at it whichever way you want, but Arizona is now a top 10 team with all this talent. I don't care who you are. There is a lot of talent on this roster. And you needed talented guards last year, and we had talented guards, but we didn't have those defensive guards. We didn't have those dogs that we needed. And now we have them. And I haven't even mentioned incoming freshman KJ Lewis, who's also going to be coming on this team. It is literally just an incredible defender. He's going to learn this year for sure, because we're going to see his offense, you know, develop as the season goes on, because that is the only one thing that he still needs to perfect. But he's going to be surrounded by just insanely talented guards. He's going to get better, whether that's in practice, whatever you want to training in games where he plays like a few minutes. What I don't know what the minute time is going to be for him or all these players, but man, that is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see because Tommy Lloyd got all his pieces. Let's see how he plays them. Let's see what he does because this year, we know he can coach, but this year in particular, other than having Benedict Matherin and Christian Coloco, you know, on his, his first season, this is the most talent he's had. Granted, it's going to be hard to replace Azulis Tubelis, you know, 20 and 10 a game pretty much, but we've got depth that we thought we had last year, but we have the true depth now. And if Tommy Lloyd just goes out there and coaches how he normally does, it's going to be a very successful season. It's just, of course, you know, we want to see him go far, but this team is built for it and they were not built for it last year. Now, I want to give a shout out to the Phoenix Suns and Frank Vogel, who is now the new coach of the Suns. And first, I'm not going to lie, wasn't overly thrilled about it. But you know what? The more I thought about it, the Suns need a win now coach. And he's been, he's proven, you know, you want, regardless of what you think, whether it's a Mickey Mouse ring, whether you think it's a, you know, a great, it's still a title nonetheless that the Lakers won in 2020. And he was at the helm. You know what? You can't, you can't deny that. You know, he coached Anthony Davis. He coached LeBron James. And now he's going to coach Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So he's, he's shown he can actually take care of, you know, the stars on the team. And he brings a defensive mentality. And that is huge because Phoenix couldn't stop a soul last year. There were so many stretches where their defense just looked like Swiss cheese. There's just so many holes in it. And hopefully he turns DeAndre Ayton into an absolute beast. Because, okay, no matter where you stand on DeAndre Ayton, and I, believe me, I laid into him you know, a couple podcasts ago about how his performance in the playoffs was extremely subpar and he is only deteriorated in this postseason performances the last couple seasons. So go back and listen to that one if if you want to hear more, if you haven't already. But 
regardless of what you think of DeAndre Ayton, right now, if you were to trade him, you'd be getting 50 cents on the dollar. Do you want 50 cents on the dollar? Because I, I truly do not. But if, if Frank Vogel can do something for DeAndre Ayton and help him to become at least serviceable defensively and his trade value goes up, then sure. You know what? Let's do it. He's under. He's still under contract. You know he's not worth that money. He he he. Frankly, is not. Not with the performance that in the postseason that he's had. But with all that said, if he can turn DeAndre Ayton into something decent, something like I said, just useful in the playoffs, because the regular season we've learned in the NBA just it doesn't matter. I mean, granted, it's entertainment and we love it, but you know what? Doesn't matter. You show up in the postseason. That's all. That's all that matters. And uh, if he can do that, I'm fine with it. Then sign me up for keeping DeAndre Ayton. Won't be thrilled, but you know what? Let's see what he can do with. De- Let's see what Frank Vogel can do with DeAndre Ayton because you know he's done it in um, Indiana with uh, Roy Hibbert. Like he's got the experience. He's done it with Anthony Davis. So. I'm happy with the hiring of Frank Vogel because they dropped the bag for Kevin Young too to stay on the team, which was Book's guy, and I'm all for it. And not only that, then they added David Fisdale, who has previous coaching experience. You know, when he was um, coach of the Knicks, and he's just he's a voice that everybody loves, and I think he is going to be an excellent addition to the Suns team. And now it's time for, you know, roster shuffling. You know, these coaching hires, I guarantee, made Book and KD happy. So now it's time for that. You know, we'll see what they do with Chris Paul. We'll see what they do with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, You know, we'll see how they round out the rest of this roster and who they re-sign, who they don't. Because, man, let me tell you what. I don't know why. Like, I love the NBA. Don't get me wrong. Love basketball. But man, there's something about NBA free agency that just excites me. And I'm so ready to see all the signings, who gets in, who doesn't. And we're not going to see it for a bit. We still got the NBA finals going on. And it is going to be a great game three between Miami and Denver. And then I would be remiss if I did not even mention. I know I've never talked about golf before. And to be honest, I'm not the biggest golf guy. Like, I'll, I'll watch the Masters, you know. I'll watch the PGA Championship, whatever. I, you know, I'll watch the 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 big majors, but I don't I don't track it, you know, religiously. I'm not like diet. I'm not, you know, I can't just sit there and watch golf for four hours. Like I just can't do it. I don't know. I I like golf, and I would love to learn it. I like going to Top Golf, but anyways, if I did not talk about it. Just the absolute absurdity, absurdity that took place today. And that is that the PGA Tour and the Live Tour are officially merging. How the turntables. Shout out to the office. Not that long ago, players were getting just a ginormous bag from the Live Tour and basically getting black labeled for accepting any of the payments and from you know the live tour and i mean they even offered tiger woods 
seven to eight hundred million last summer, which he turned down. But you got guys like Brooks Kepka and uh, um, Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, if I mentioned him, Bryson DeChambeau. Like you got guys that accepted the bag and got it dropped for them. And let me tell you what, they get to keep that money and they are back. They're back in it. And, you know, you had the PGA who was preaching loyalty, as Scott Van Pelt said on Twitter, and basically persuading guys to not take that eight or nine figure bag. And then the PGA, what do you do? You go and grab the bag yourself and money talks. And let me just tell you, that loyalty was just a PR move, but just just an absolute insane story to see. And it's even funnier because none of the golfers knew about it. You know, they all find out about it on Twitter and supposedly they didn't want any details leaking. And it's like, yeah, all right. Sign them to NDAs if you're worried about it. You know what I mean? Just, Just absolutely insanity. And then my final shout out has to be to Arizona baseball. And I'm not gonna lie. Like, okay, let me let me tell you how my Arizona fandom lies. So, first and foremost, when I think of Arizona and people, when I hear on a podcast somebody talking about the Wildcats and they say Arizona, my instant reaction and thought is I think of Arizona basketball. And then they have to specify what they're talking about. And then I'm like, oh yeah, they're talking about football. Or oh yeah, they're talking about baseball, whatever it is. So that's pretty much where it lies for me. Like, obviously I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be an expert or anything, but I will call myself an absolute amateur expert at Arizona basketball simply because I just love Arizona basketball. Like it is what I breathe. But next I would put Arizona football. And then I don't overly pay too much attention to baseball simply because I don't I don't love the sport of baseball. I only like, you know, one team in the MLB, which I will not name because you all will hate me if I do name it. It is the Dodgers, and you all will hate me. Anyways, go Dodgers. Anyways, I wanted to give my shout out to Arizona baseball because they did not have a great season. They they definitely did not, but you know what? They ended the season a lot better. They went farther in the Pac-12 tournament and ended up going to the Pac-12 championship before they, you know, eventually lost. But they made the tournament and that was awesome. And then the wheels fell off and things just didn't go their way. But you know what? Still got to support our boys, man. Because let me tell you, Arizona baseball. It's one of the best programs in the country as far as baseball. Like you don't off the top of your head, you don't think about, you know, if you're a neutral fan, you know, I'm talking to neutral fans here. (laughs) You don't think about Arizona baseball when you think of the best teams in the country. But if you look at all the numbers and you do research, they really are one of the best teams. Like they've won many championships and they have a lot of accomplishments. And I have, like, I didn't even want to talk about Arizona baseball simply because I do not know enough about it. And I don't like talking about things that I do not know enough about. But I'm going to admit it on this podcast because that's how authentic I want to be 
and straightforward. I don't want to pretend to be somebody I'm not. So yeah, that's there's my shout out to Arizona baseball. Hopefully they get better. Um, you know, personally, I don't feel like Chip Hale is the guy. Um, that's that seems to be what a lot of people think, but I don't think they're gonna fire him. It is what it is, but they gotta do better. But you know what? I'll say this. At least they made the tournament, you know, what is it, two years in a row now? So happy about that, but gotta do better. And this episode is brought to you by Element Zero Sugar Hydration. And it's getting hot. What better way to combat the heat by hydrating with the best tasting water mix on the market? And I stand by that statement. It has no sugar, but with all the taste, with flavors like chili mango, which is my personal favorite, citrus salt, lemon habanero, and watermelon salt. Restore your health by hydrating with Element Hydration and see the difference it makes for you with the electrolytes the magnesium, and the sodium that it has. And it's been a real difference maker for me because I can get through workouts better drinking it because I'm a big sweater. And so now that it's heating up, I'm starting to sweat like crazy again. So replacing all of the sodium I've lost is big for me. See the show notes for a link to the website where you'll get a free sample pack with any purchase. Look, I'm not going to recommend products that I don't personally believe in, You guys know that. You know me. It tastes incredible, and I seriously use it every single day. It's Element Hydration, spelled L-M-N-T. All right, that's the show. Hopefully, we get something going and we can all talk about it, but I have a feeling that we are finally dipping into the quietest part of the offseason. Of course, I guess I could always talk about um, the NBA finals going on right now. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I never know what direction I want to take this show. I'm just kind of off the wall, just like this episode was just, you know, off the wall. If you listen this far, you know what? Pat yourself on the back for me. Anyways, hope you guys have a great week. And as always, bear down.